let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass and we're ready to go, aren't we, Martin? We are indeed. And it's just us. I had the beer. Why are we starting on a New England IPA, Steve? Because this is a new beer, and this beer is from Williams Brothers, who are well known for, for many beers, but one of the beers that they're most known for is Joker IPA and the Double Joker IPA. And this is a third beer that they've added to that range. This is Juicy Joker, wickedly juicy New England IPA. So tonight we are in fact doing the Joker run. Now, whoever thought that was a thing? I, I didn't know the Joker run was a thing, but I can get on board with this. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, should we dive straight into the beer? Because yeah. it's in the glass. It's looking really appealing, and I'm it really is. looking forward to giving it a try. It is. So let's dive. Cheers. Cheers. I suppose the first thing to say is on the appearance, it's more of a, a deep haze rather than a thick, juicy look, isn't it? Um, very much stone fruits on the nose. It's quite sweet. It's it's probably sweeter than I expected it to be, given it doesn't look as juicy. <laughs> this is really interesting, mate. I'm getting no sweetness whatsoever. What's, uh, what's happened to us? <laughs> I don't I don't know, mate. Because uh, we had this on the last show as, as well. We had differing views uh, yeah. about all of the beers. I am with you on the stone fruits. I'm getting particularly quite a bit of peach and passion fruit on on the nose. Yep. And and then it does give way to a nice tropical juiciness. For me, there's maybe some pithy bitterness in there. I'm really picking up no sweetness, though. Okay, I mean, that's really unusual because given the type of fruits we've noted as well, even with a bit of pithy bitterness, I think we'd normally be expecting sweetness. So I'm either expecting it and looking for it and have found it in my head, or we've just gone two very divergent paths, mate. Who knows? It may change as it as it begins to, to, to warm a little bit, and, and and I may begin to find some of those sweet notes coming coming through. I tell you what, I know, I know, um, you know. Obviously, as ever, we want to thank Williams Brothers for sending through to us. They sent a lovely glass as well. Oh, the the Joker IPA glass. It's fantastic, isn't it? And it, you can actually get the whole 440ml can in it as well. Yeah, even though it looks like you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is no good for listeners, but there will obviously be pictures before, probably before the show even comes out. Um, it has, it is, it puts me in mind a lot of the glasses, glassware I've seen in the States as well. Yeah, it's got, it's got that real feel about it, hasn't it? Yeah, but I, I have to admit, I do like it. I definitely like this, this glass, I think it's going to be a bit of a keeper. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm 100% keeping this and uh, I will use the hashtag inappropriate glassware and put many other beers in this because it's a lovely shape. I've got, and... no, I've got no doubt. So what's, the, other than the Joker, what else is William Williams Brothers about? There's there's another beer, isn't there? There's one which is escaping me. There's, well, there's two. There's There's one is the beer that essentially made the brewery, which was the Freyok. Heather Owl, which was one of their first brews, which was made first back in 1988 that, that they first made that using local heather from, from the um, highlands in Scotland. And they used that in, in the owl. And I actually think that's one. It's either one bottled beer of Britain 
or it may have actually won the champion beer of Britain, maybe once at the Great British Beer Festival as well. It does ring a bell, but it's won something. um, Yeah. I didn't realise it was that old, though. No, well, I didn't realise they were that old. I mean, Williams Brothers, like I say, been around since 1988, uh, when they were originally called Glenbrew, and then they evolved into becoming Williams Brothers in 2004. But I think maybe a couple of the other beers that they're, that they're known for, and you, you might get a little bit of recollection as I say this. So one of them's called uh, Grosé, which is, um, again, used, uh, brewed using local ingredients that are forest. So that's a gooseberry wheat owl. And then they've got one called Kelpie, which is a seaweed owl. Then they've obviously got Joker and uh, Double Joker. But the one that's kind of, it's an important one for me as well in my beer journey, is they've got a beer called Caesar Augustus, which, is a, which is a lager yes. IPA hybrid, Now, and which was first brewed think back in the late noughties so it was way ahead of any ipls that were were coming down the line was this in one of the sainsbury's great british beer Hunt it was lineups? yes yeah that's it that's that's the one i'm thinking of yeah and but that was an awesome beer and i didn't even really know what i was what we was trying to be at the time i just remember enjoying it I loved it. And I found it uh, a, a few years back. They released it in cans for, for the first time. And, and I found a four pack in Sainsbury's. And I remember it was it was quite a warm day. I put them in the fridge and I, I literally drank all four of them in one sitting because it's it's such an easy beer to drink. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, then. I started off by doing like these foraged products. Then they've created or definitely one of the instigators or whatever of it like almost like an IPL then they've got their own IPA and double IPA and yet you never really see much about them no they they have been stocking a lot of beers in either Audi or Lidl recently and and they're they're regular I think it's Audi they have regular lines in in Audi of, of a few of their beers and I think maybe they're one of these breweries that fly under the radar potentially because some people don't consider them to be, and I'm cringing saying it, craft enough to, to, to be popular or hype enough. Which is Pro- probably because they don't sell a mild. You've started on the mild already. <laughs> We're only five minutes in, Steve, and you've gone mild early. Um but yeah, which is bonkers, isn't it? If they'd like to, they were doing like essentially what Wild Beer started doing 20 years later. The IPL, which I think a lot of people would probably say their first experience that might have been the Camden. Yeah. Um, so yeah, isn't it weird though that a brewery that has been doing these things for so long, and congratulations for their longevity as well, for staying alive as well, given everything that's going on, but they are definitely under the radar for me. Well, I think I think we'll talk about it a little bit more when we come on to Joker because I, I, I think I think when we open Joker, I'm not sure how long it is since you've last had Joker, but I think you're going to be surprised when you open it and you look at it and you, you see the colour of it and you smell it and you taste it, just maybe how far ahead of itself that beer was at the time when it was first released. Ooh, I'm, in that case, Steve, we got sent two beers, two of these beers. Have you been doing early research already? 
no, I've I, I've just drunk a lot of Joker in in the past <laughs> because I because I enjoy it. <laughs> Full disclaimer there. So we're t- we're talking experience then. Yes, it's down to experience, but I, I have also drunk the other can that they sent us. <laughs> Valuable research, mate. Valuable research coming. I, into I, the show. I never I never doubt your dedication. This one's flying out of my glass, so we should probably crack on with things tonight. So let's catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, at around 5am this morning, I decided to pop onto Adnams and get a case of Eastern Edge because I simply knew this episode was going to give me FOMO. Glad I did, as it would have been just delaying the inevitable after hearing those interviews. Great show. P.S. I actually really dug the seagull sounds, added to the experience, and that was courtesy of Johnny Beerboy. From Sophie at So Beer Blogger, I fully enjoyed listening to this on my journey to the north today. It definitely made me thirst for a pint of Eastern Edge on cask, but instead I found a Colonel Pale Ale. I must have been in the right place at the right time as I managed to grab a pint of Eastern Edge before leaving Manchester, though I wish I could have stayed for at least another. It's, it's great to see the cask version of Eastern Edge getting out there. Because quite a few people are beginning to snap the odd picture and tag us in. You particularly have had a lot of fun tagging me in. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, we'll pick, we'll pick that up on the Beery Adventures, I imagine. From your boy, Rob Edwards, I'm very glad I was able to listen to the show in one go this morning without getting any calls. As soon as I heard about the collab, it made so much sense for me for Adnams and Sierra Nevada to work together. I've been looking forward to this delicious lad all day. From Hugh at H Yardley 33. The podcast was excellent, though every time I hear about Sierra Nevada on the show, it reminds me I haven't had some in a while and place an order with the Cascade Club. I feel like we're going to get a bill from people at this rate. I Hugh in particular does end up buying a lot of beers because of the things we talk about. I know. I just feel like there's an invoice winging its way to one of us or both of us. Yeah. From Michael, Nick McGorty. Cracker of an episode, chaps. Fantastic to hear the story of how these two breweries came together. Almost 10 years and the podcast is still as good as ever. Amazing achievement. And from Lottie Peplow, a superb listen. You've done a great job creating such engaging and interesting content. It's fascinating stuff. I'll be listening to it again. And from Fergus Fitzgerald at Soul Bear. Just finished listening. It's a great show. Obviously, caveating that with my heavy bias on the subject matter. Really nice to be taken back to that as well. I am, however, left pondering one fundamental question. How much gravy does Steve drink? <laughs> I just I just want to make it clear that I don't I wouldn't necessarily say I, I drink gravy, but I do enjoy a, a gravy on my Sunday roast. But now he started adding broadside. It's in a half pints at least. Yeah, not yet, but thanks to, to, to James at Gammon Barron, I do now at least have a recipe to, to try, and I am looking forward to giving that a go. It, you know, I don't, that gravy did look quite good, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then from Can I Get a Pee? Give Martin and Steve a commission, for I have ordered a dozen cans of Eastern Edge and a do- dozen bottles of Tally Ho based entirely on this episode. If, if Fergus is listening... You know where to send that commission, for Fergus. Yeah, you know, you, you definitely know who we are and where we are. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> From Ruth Mitchell at Beer Fairy. Absolutely love this episode. Even if listening to Soul Bear and Dan made me a little homesick, can confirm my second favourite Adam's beer is Half Bitter and Half Broadside, both from Cask. The Broadside brings the depth and the bitter makes it clean and crisp. Now I want that as well now. 
I think I think that's what I said to you, wasn't it? That was what that guy walked into the, the Crown and ordered the afternoon that we went back. Yeah, it, it, that that was what he ordered. And like I said, the barman didn't even blink an eye. He just picked up the glass, two halves, gave it to him. Brilliant. And finally, from Paul at UNRCD, finish this today. Absolutely wonderful work, gents. Every interview was a joy, and the beer matches it. I've really enjoyed listening to some of those comments. I've, I've got to say because I was. I was a little bit wary at the length of that show because it's it's been a while since we've put out a show over the two-hour mark, let alone over the two-and-a-half-hour mark. But I think people understood what we tried to achieve with it, which is we tried to tell the story of that beer and a little bit about the two breweries in a series of short stories. Yeah, I mean, the only alternative would have been to do it as separate releases, but then I think we would have lost, like, obviously the links and the segues in between as well. Not only that, you know, it is a podcast. You can press pause and come back to it. But, you know, there's definitely a few people there who tried to li- try to listen to it in one sitting. I know when I listened back to the interviews before we did the, fi- the, the final pieces together, it does tell a story. From, yeah. you know, Fergus at the start to Steve Grossman at the end. So, yes, I know we had a couple of conversations about the length of it, but I think any further editing or cutting down would have just taken the important bits out and, and the fun of it as well. Absolutely. And um, like, like I say, I'm glad that people have appreciated it. What I'm also really glad about is that there seems to be a lot of people drinking Eastern Edge as well and loving it. Yes, and like you say, we'll come. We'll come down to that. We'll come. We'll get onto that. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been sure doing a lot will. of research re- recently. Taking one for the team, I think it's called, cool, <laughs> mate. We're really pleased with all those comments, and thank you to every single listener that takes time to to comment and feedback on the show. Please continue to get involved. Use the hashtag opinions, and we will be able to find you and share your thoughts in future shows. Now, I'm very excited about what we've got coming up now because we are going to have a little look forward to the summer sesh aren't we mate we are indeed and we're not doing that bit alone steve and we are joined now by your boy and ours mr rob edwards welcome back to opinions rob hi uh, yeah thanks for having me hello to all the listeners it's great to back have you back on with us and we thought we can't really do talking about the summer sesh justice without having someone on that, that's local to the area, especially seeing as I can't even say the word Birmingham properly. It makes sense to, to, to have you on with us, mate. So you're going to spend a few uh, minutes now just, just talking through with us what we're going to be getting up to. So what, what do, we, so are we, do we want to talk about the Saturday first or do you want, do you want to talk about the Friday, the Friday afternoon and evening? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about Friday. It makes, makes sense to do it in order, doesn't it? So uh, as, as we've said before, um, probably our better judgment might be questioned on this one of, of, of trying to do two almost full days of, of drinking to celebrate <laughs> the, the, the Queen. Um, <laughs> we decided to take full advantage of the fact that we had two bank holiday days and, and, and actually do, uh, obviously, before lockdown... Crimbo Crawl, Crimbo Crawl Eve was becoming a thing in itself, but this gave us an opportunity just to explore a little bit outside of Birmingham as, as, as well. So we're going to Sturchley, where there are two 
up and coming breweries, I'd say, Rob. And we're going to visit both their tap rooms, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we certainly are. As you say, yeah, just um, it's in, in South Birmingham. So it's about a 10 minute journey on the on the train away from the city centre. But there's a, a really great scene going on there. There's a few bars and uh, how many breweries now? I think there's three breweries and yeah, we'll be visiting two of them. So I believe we're starting off the day at Glasshouse Bruco, who um, I'm sure you've heard positive things about them. They're certainly one of the, um, they're, they're a brewery. Their name is certainly starting to get uh, about around the country now a little bit more than, than just Birmingham, whereas perhaps a few years ago, we had a great thing going on, but it, no one else really knew about it. So yeah, we'll start off at Glasshouse and, they're fantastic, in my opinion. Glasshouse will have a, a good selection of beers on. Like some of them may be a bit juicy, but they're just really good, solid pails, IPAs. They do some interesting, quite tart, fruity sours and just slightly tart pale ales. And uh, one beer that I had the last time I went there was just a, a hoppy lager. And uh, it was a sunny day and it really did just tick all the boxes. Uh. Then we go to Attic, where we hopefully will find the aforementioned uh, West Coast IPA that you, you sampled and rated very highly recently. Um, tell us a little bit about Attic then, Rob. Yeah, so Attic, um, I believe that they opened, it would have been at the tail end of 2018, I reckon. And they have grown massively since then. I think they've, they've, they've got a lot bigger just during lockdown because they were forced to just accelerate plans in terms of canning. And then where I live, I live in Warsaw, so that's kind of a bus away from the city centre and then a train into Sturchley or some sort of way of getting a lift to a train station that will go there. So I haven't been for, for ages. And I came back and it was twice the size of what it used to be. And they are, the, the, the beers have come on, like, I enjoyed the beers the first couple of times I went when they first opened, but now I'm just so impressed with what they're doing. And they're brewing a lot of different styles. They're brewing great lagers, pilsners and hellers. And um, I'm sure you'll be excited about their Formula West Coast IPA, which I'm hoping will be on tap, but I believe there's cans of it, if not. Um, yeah, just and then stouts as well. And they've, I actually... Um, won a case of mild from them once, which was really good. <laughs> Honestly, it's, that's, that's twice already. Twice already. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah, I know the first one was of my own doing <laughs> this, this week, but seriously, enough about fucking mild now. Hold on. If, uh, Martin's just going to go and look at the show notes. <laughs> uh, no, there's more milds coming up oh, later no. in the show. Oh, well, we're talking about the West Midlands now, and it's kind of a, a home of mild, really. So no, 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 it isn't. So- Box, <laughs> Boxcar <laughs> is the home of mild. They invented the mild. No, we we, we did the retro stuff, <laughs> the, the the proper stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean that sounds really. I mean, I'm 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 looking forward because I've I think the only I've had a few cans from each brewery. So, again, the chance to have them at the source, I am really looking forward to. I think it would be lovely to have a relaxed day. As you said, there's yeah. other places around. So, you know, again, any listener who's joining us on the Friday will be at Glasshouse at 2 o'clock, will be at Attic at 6 o'clock. 
if you want to visit any of the other places in the area, go for it. Yeah. That's it. That's the, that's the Friday. That's that's it. Because obviously, we still had the main event to come up. Yes, the, the Saturday, which has been two years in, in the Maple 3, if you go all the way back to 2019 Crimbo Crawl, when we first decided we were going to Birmingham and we were going to switch yeah. it to the summer. Yeah, I would say that Birmingham was always in our minds. And then summer sesh became a thing when we sort of canvassed people's opinion in Manchester in December 2019. And then shit happened. So this has been a two and a half years in the making minimum. I'm going to hand over to Rob now. Where are we starting? Uh, we're starting at Burning Soul, Bruco, and that is up in the sort of, it's kind of the border between, would you, I don't know whether you consider it Jewelry Quarter or Hockley, but it, it's up there somewhere. And uh, yeah, uh, one of my favourite breweries in Birmingham, it has to be said, I'm a bit, bit biased there. But again, they are brewing a, a good mix of different styles of beer. So I, I was there on Saturday just to, just checking everything's okay. Just, just for you guys. Thank you very much. Well, that way, yeah, yeah. There was the, there was the Zephyr saison, on, and there was there was a Brett IPA, which is a style that kind of, I don't know. It had a bit of a thing a few years ago, yeah. and then kind of disappeared. And there's definitely good ones, and then there's not so good ones. But um, I think it's called Only's Blessing, I believe it's called, and it was tasting fantastic to the point where. I did have to have about three points of it. Oh, I I appreciate your thorough research for our listeners. Yeah, certainly makes sense to me. And to start at that that end of town as well. Yeah, because they're also quite close to the second venue, aren't they? They're just around the corner from the Wolf, which is yep. which is where we're heading to for for the second stop. So, do you want to do you want to tell people what they can expect from the the, the Wolf? Yeah, the the Wolf again. Um, again, I'm a little bit biased, but it's one of my favourite venues in Birmingham, and it used to be the um, the home of the Brum Bottle Share, which has kind of been shelved since the, the whole pandemic thing. I should really start that up again. But yeah, um, really friendly people. There's always a good selection of beer on there. They have got um, there's always a permanent burning soul line on there. So if you haven't had enough of them at that point. That will be there, and Attic, I think, even have a line as well. There's always Glasshouse beers on there, and and Siren, and not obviously they're not a, a West Midlands brewery, but yeah, there's there's a good selection, plenty in the fridges as well. You can even have pie and mash if you want. Might be a bit early on in the day for that amount of stodge, but yeah, I was going to say if I pie and mash after we've been burning <laughs> soul, I might just be looking for a little snooze somewhere. Yeah, need a little, need a little sleep. But from what what. What I can remember in terms of the Wolf is is that it's a it's a lovely kind of open venue, as as well. And it was again the selection that, yeah. that they they had. It, it wasn't just a couple of lines. It's, it's a lot of lines, and there's a lot of choice. Yeah, it's definitely a place that is uh, it's the sort of place I like to spend some time at. And and we've got a good we've got a good ninety minutes or so planned. Yep. Uh, at the Wolf, and then we're going to take a, a walk down the road to. A more traditional venue, shall, shall we say, uh, a pub called the Wellington, which is where we did record when when we did those bits in last time uh, in Birmingham last time, Martin. And they've got quite the cask selection, haven't they, Rob? Yeah, I think there's what fifteen or seventeen cask lines. And as you see, it's it's kind of a legendary place in Birmingham as far as cask ale goes. I, I believe it's a, it's a Black Country Ales pub, but they've they've always got some guest lines on there. 
there's always a good point of outcome Citra there, which I'm sure I had, plenty I, of people will be pleased about. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely had that the, the last time we were in there. Yeah. We, we might be needing a Citra break uh, at yeah. that point, I reckon. That'd be that'd be good timing. But yeah, it's 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 a uh, is it two floors or three floors the pub? Um, I think it might actually be free and there's a, there's a bit of a terrace out the back as well because obviously the weather's going to be fantastic on this weekend. So but That's why we moved the thing to the summer. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. There's no well way be- it could go wrong. It bloody no. well better be. Yeah. And let's face yeah. it, if it had been uh, any of the previous two winters, it definitely wouldn't have happened until winter 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, we'll be we'll be in the tropical climes of the West Midlands. <laughs> so, so after we've filled our bellies full of oakum citra and lots of other cask delights, uh, it's again it's a fairly short walk, is it, to what uh, is probably going to be not the first visit that Martin and I will be making to, <laughs> to to this place over the weekend, but we're going to the probably the jewel in the crown of of <laughs> of, 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 of the crawl. We're going to the Colmore Tap. Obviously, Which, we're going to drink Jaipur. We're going to drink cast Jaipur. I'm assuming there's going to be a sparkler on it because we're past Watford and we're in the north or yeah, almost. You, you know what? Is I'd never actually heard of a sparkler until I was well into my 20s because it was just always there. You yeah. didn't have to worry about it not being there. I mean, I probably had some experiences where I'd gone to London and wondered why my pint of London pride was just lacking. Flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was flat. That's what it was. I can't but, believe we're generating content about mild and sparklers all at the same time as talking about summer sesh. Triggering oh, so many things, yeah, isn't it? I do feel very strongly about sparklers. Yeah. Now, so you go on about the north and the south, but uh, I would say Midlands is very much in the sparkler camp, which means the uh, the people in the south, what the likes of. Um, Richard Taylor from from the thick. Not that we like to mention him on on your show, but yeah, he has some weird ideas about sparklers. <laughs> I, I guess the other advantage of the Cornwall Tap at getting there for about five o'clock is they do a decent offering of pizzas, don't they, Rob? They do, yeah, really, really good. Um, probably not that we're trying not, to tell not... people when they should eat, but that's probably when Steve and I will be eating. Yeah, good time for soakage. <laughs> Yeah, I'd advise you do. They're really good pizzas. Like it's not the biggest menu, but it's all. But that you don't need a big menu, do you? So no, yeah. you just need, need something to help with a beer. And we have we have got a space reserved at the Colmore Tap as well, which is, yeah, which is nice of um, them to help us out with that. So we are looking forward to visiting there. And having been to both of the Thornbridge offerings in in York and Leeds, I, I'm expecting pretty much the same sort of vibe and feel yeah. about the place, but maybe just a bit bigger. Yeah, it's a big place and it's very nicely decorated. Lots of nice, lots of nice wood around, and yeah, it, 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 there's a there's a pool table downstairs. Uh, lots of lots of boobs, um, leather, wood, all, all the good traditional pubby stuff. Just just and, just what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I would say is um, for those people who like the SMM show, the leather and wood mentioned are unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, let's get out of the Colmore Tap. Uh, next venue, again, just round the corner from the Colmore Tap, and it's the Post Office Vaults, which is... I've been there a couple of times, and if memory serves me correctly, it's, it's downstairs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hence the uh, the name, the, the vaults, really. Well, and because it used to be the Post Office Vaults, that yeah. makes a lot so more it's, sense. It's, it's literal. It is a yeah, a bit like the Bankers the bankers Cat in Leeds was a, was a bank, and they've got the, the safe downstairs. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's uh, it's probably one of Birmingham's hidden gems, which is probably a good thing, really. I mean, it's perhaps not the biggest venue in Brum, but it's a it's a really special little place. They've got what there's probably about two hundred odd different bottles there. They've, they've got a big Belgian selection. They've got plenty of um, beer engines there, plenty of cask lines. There's always some good guest kegs on as well. So there is, there's something for everyone in there. Martin, are you beginning to think we may never make it out of the vaults? Yeah, I'm beginning to think that the wheels, <laughs> they may have been loosened at the Cornwall tap. They may well, well and truly come off in the vaults. Oh, it's, let's be honest. The, the wheels uh, were lost at, at the start of the day. <laughs> it's, it's if, you, if you're saying, because I know they've got quite the extensive Belgian list, which is which is one of the reasons why I was quite keen to visit this venue. But if, if, the, if the shout comes for a round of Rochefort 10s, we're in trouble. <laughs> and, yeah, and at that at that point in the day, I mean, what we're looking at, what seven o'clock, six or seven o'clock, round about then, yeah, 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 that that's dangerous at that point in the day. Okay, assuming we could all escape, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always described the post office vaults in as escape room now. Um, last venue, tilt, yeah, again, we've we will have visited. Quite a few, quite different venues, and then Tilt is yet another one of those. It's very well known for its not only its its craft beer, but its its coffee and its pinball machines, which there are an abundance of. And that I, I think they have got for um, anyone who fancies some real hype beers. There's going to be a, the Vale Bruco tap takeover for some of their hoppy stuff on that day. And for, for me, though, tap one and two are always lost and grounded and the kernel. So I think I'll be having a point of tap one or two. I, I think I'll be with you. There'll definitely be some some crazy stouts on as well. And as I say, the, the veil. And there's going to be a lot of pinball machines that uh, probably be a Marvel one to, pl- to please you, Steve. There might be a Doctor Who one for you, Martin. Excellent. Does so it have the sound of a sonic screwdriver just to annoy Steve? I don't really know what that sounds like, probably. I can go and and get it now. Don't don't go and get it now. It will just get edited out. You know that. (laughs) There is no point in you getting the sonic screwdriver. (laughs) I tell you what, though. uh, The more we talk about the summer sesh, the more I really can't wait for it. I think it's one of the most um, varied routes that we've ever put together, particularly on that Saturday. We've literally got something for everyone there we've got we've got tap rooms we've got traditional pubs we've got belgian selections we've got craft we've got pinballs we've got pizza we've got cast jai pour it ticks every single box regardless of whether it's a hot day or not yes oh it's going to be though it's going to be lovely the queen said so <laughs> she's already ordered the weather but yeah i i'm i'm properly excited about the summer session and, and having rob talk us through it there as well has got me even more excited if that's possible there, there's there's a link in the show notes to the the, the full itinerary where we're going to be at certain times there's there's a map there and, and as martin said earlier on those are just the, the the places where we're going to be at those times if if you want to join us if you want to wander off and do do your own things that's fine you know where to find us just come and have a beer um say hello and and just just enjoy the day and most most importantly meet meet rob as as, <laughs> as well i mean he, he stands out in a crowd does, oh, does rob. he's not that. the shortest of, of people <laughs> so you will be able to see him 
And in preparation for that, and this is, as you listen to this show this weekend, we are bringing Rob back for another live social distancing sounds, which we did last year towards the tail end of the, 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 the final kind of lockdown that we were in. And it was a great Sunday afternoon where, what was it, about 15 of us just sat and enjoyed some beers and enjoyed listening to you spinning some tunes, Rob. And you're coming and doing that all again for us, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I mean, I had a lot of fun last time. As you say, just a, a few beers and just me, just I had a pile of records next to me and I was kind of figuring it out as I went along. But it is, yeah, it's a good chilled afternoon and I think we're going to do the same again, but on a, on, on a Sunday evening. What is it? Seven o'clock on the 29th of May? Seven o'clock kick, kick off, and uh, we know you don't take requests or suggestions, but there Manicus may be really bad usually. I, I know, but there <laughs> may be, uh, I don't want to put this out there, but there may be a slight West Midland slant theme on some of the things you might be playing. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you can't come to Birmingham without realizing that it is the birthplace of a lot of uh, very good music and like, like other cities talk about their music, but I'd, I'd much rather have Black Sabbath over Oasis any day. There you go, straight from the man himself, what you can expect on Social Distancing Sounds Live. So there are still a couple of tickets and it is literally, we are down to the last couple. So if you want to secure yourself one of those, go to the link that's in the show notes. You will need to enter the password, your boy, that's all lower caps and one word, and you can get yourself a ticket and join us at seven o'clock on Sunday, 29th of May. Rob, Thank you so much for joining us this week to talk us through the summer sesh. I really can't wait to, to see you in person again. It's been a long time coming, mate. And I know we are going to have a fantastic couple of days in Birmingham. And thank you for, for, for helping us kind of scope out some of the venues and, and put it together. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, guys. I mean, I'm just going to be on the edge of my seat now for the next couple of weeks. So I can't wait to give you both a great big bear hug. Looking forward to it, Rob. Looking forward to it. Me too. Cheers, mate. Right, cheers. cheers. Great to hear from Rob there. And I'm really excited for Birmingham now, mate. Uh, I can't wait. I really can't. I mean, we've said it already. It's over two and a half years in the making. I, You know, it's a bit like, uh, I just want to be there now. Yeah. So I want, I, want, I want it to be nice, nice weather. I want people to be there. I want people to be happy. And I, we've talked about it so much offline that I can't wait for it. And yeah, Rob has just wet the appetite now. Yeah. And, and and I know there are two big festivals that weekend as well. You've got Hop City and, and you've got Fine Fest. So I, I know people are already torn about whether to go to those two. But if you're not going to either of those and you just want to come and have some some beers with some great folk, then come and have beers with us either on, a Friday, on the Friday or the Saturday. Everyone's welcome. The, the, the link's in the show notes. The details are all there. Come along, have a beer. We'd, we'd love to see you. Yeah, definitely. And it's easier to get to than Fine Fest. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but much, much easier. Anyways, we both finished the Juicy Joker while, while we're, we're talking to Rob. What did you think of it, mate? I didn't love it. There was so, It was almost like I was getting a bit of a lactose feel from it. Um, oh, okay. So you're still still on that sweetness thing. Yeah, yeah. I and still I never got it. any of that. Never and got I looked, it. I looked at the ingredients. There's there's nothing. The only addition to the, the usual four ingredients is a bit of wheat, which I presume is where they've got the haze from as well. Um, there was just a element of the flavour. Maybe it's from the hops, 
that I just couldn't get past, which made it, it definitely didn't make it pintable, sessionable for me. It was, it was definitely a sipper. So the way it looked and the aroma, I think all worked really nicely. The actual flavour, yeah, it didn't, to coin a phrase, Steve, didn't tick the boxes, mate. Didn't tick the boxes. That's 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 unfortunate. It'll be interesting to see, I, I guess, how it stacks up to the the, the others in, in its family. And you can probably understand why Williams Brothers have chosen to, to, to introduce this to the Joker range. Oh, because definitely. Because it's, it's, it's building on an established brand and an established name, but it's catering for what's popular in the market now. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I just reckon it just wasn't for me. There's just one, you know, when you get one of those small elements in a beer that just does not work for you, that's what happened with that beer. And I reckon for me, if that one element got taken out, I'd go, actually, do you know what? For 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 a Nipa, that's not too bad. That's it. All the other characteristics I thought were really good and in the right place for my my palate. There was just one element which didn't work for me. What what was your final thinking on it? I, I actually quite enjoyed drinking it i didn't find it uh, offensive or unenjoyable in in any way is is it the sort of beer that, that i would choose to drink a lot of probably not because i just that's just not my style i don't i don't enjoy drinking the the, the, the new england style ipas but as i say i can understand why they've made it uh, and why they've put it into this particular range because it does it does tick those boxes again doesn't it yeah, there's no point. If you're going to bring out another type of IPA, you've already got an IPA, you've already got a double IPA. A juicy IPA is not a million miles, is it? No, no. So, and, and I'm assuming the, the, the information's a bit sketchy from what I've read, but I'm assuming it's just the the same combination of hops that they would have used in the Joker and the Double Joker, and they've just changed the yeast to to, to make the, the, the New England style. I assume the yeast and the addition of the wheat. Yes. Yeah. yeah is what yeah. they've done to give it the, the hazy appearance and that slightly thicker, juicier mouthful without it being too overtly breakfast juice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's move on to the original, shall we? So let's crack open the Joker IPA. Big this can. Big, big can. can. Don't try and put all of this in the glass because <laughs> I can tell you from experience it will not fit. Oh. 500 mils, 5%, straight up IPA. Joker has been with us since 2006. So it's been around for a long time as this beer. And you know, you said uh, about comparing to when you last had it. I had a quick look on Untapped. I had it once in the alehouse a year before Bottle Share started. So 28th of March 2014 is my only recorded tasting of this beer well let's uh <laughs> let's keep you no longer from this beer then and let's get you to taste it again cheers cheers it looks lovely it is almost like a. it's got almost like especially compared to the uh, nipa it's almost got a lager quality to it it's it's really clean, isn't it? Yeah. It's clean and it's crisp. There's a little bit of a slight hint of caramel in there from the malts. The, the subtlest of pine notes going on in there. And, and then the finish is all crisp citrus notes for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's got, it's all, it's all really well balanced as well at that 5% mark. Um, it's, yeah, you say about the caramel for the malt, but it's got, it's got a, it's a fairly clear 
beer, as in it's quite light coloured, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, so I suppose, you know, it's getting towards that Oregon Trail end of the scale for an IPA in terms of its colour profile. Um, you're right about the cleanness. It just does the job straight away. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it has definitely got that sort of uh, cutting refreshness of a lager as well. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm not picking up any similarities between that and the, the Juicy Joker. No. I, I no, think that, which that... at the moment is a good thing. I would, probably, probably what I would say is, and again, this is probably more reflective of us, Steve, and our beer journey, because it says Joker IPA, then it says wickedly hoppy underneath. For us, it probably isn't. Agree, actually, but that would also indicate that it's more West Coast leaning than than, than anything else. The, the the inclusion of the word hoppy. True, but I think by using the word wicked, wickedly beforehand implies it's going to be a massive explosion. Which I would say for us, perhaps not. For someone perhaps new coming into it and finding this beer, then yes, it probably it probably would be. So yeah. I think, you know, and th- this may come out a little bit in, in further discussions on tonight's show, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to in, enjoying that as, as we go through what we've got left on the show. Just before we jump into Beery Adventures, I do just want to mention again, I know, know we've mentioned this a couple of times already, but we do have our 10th anniversary special coming up in, in the summer. We're going to be recording that on the evening of Friday the 15th of July, And all we're going to say at this point is if you're a listener and you want to join us for that celebration, maybe pencil that date in your diary because there's going to be an opportunity coming up in the next few weeks for you to join us on on that 10th anniversary show. So just keep your ears peeled for that one. That's all we're going to say for now. But there's going to be a lot of fun that you and I are going to have, certainly on that evening. Um, But hopefully with a number of our listeners as well. So that's all we'll say for, for, for now, but we will come back to that probably after the summer sesh, actually. We'll get that out of the way and then we'll, we'll, we'll reveal a few more details about how you can get involved in that show. Your little tease, Steve. Beery Adventures, mate. We have actually been up to things, haven't we, re- recently? <laughs> yes, <laughs> both we, of we, us we, have. Yeah, we've both been off do, doing things. So, And we've done something together as, as well, which is something that we haven't really done. Other than the recent brew day trip to Southwold, it's something we haven't really done for a while. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what we've been up to individually before we get to that. So, so mate, what have, you been, what have you been up to recently? Went to Brussels. So, you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, just a day trip. Um, I, I, my meta power came out. I managed to delay the train to Brussels by 75 minutes again. Um, uh, so Clayton on his birthday uh, and myself went to Brussels for the day. Nice, again, just nice to do that whole experience again. What I would say is that Eurostar experience is just a little bit more chaotic than once it was. Um, it's getting more airport style feel without having the space and the expertise and the experience to manage it. But once you're on the Eurostar train and you get into Brussels, 10 minutes later, we are in Cantillon, which is the only place that Clayton and I are ever going to go to when we get to Brussels first. Um, I just love sitting in the, in the little tap space in Cantillon. Um, 
And we, you know, we tried, and we were lucky enough that they had a couple of the Swansea beers on. I think they had one of the 2020 and one of the 2021. And just really enjoyed just being back there, having done a bit of traveling and just soaking up a little bit of the atmosphere. People have done the tours coming in and coming out. Obviously, we both bought some takeaways. So we both bought bags with wheels so we could fix some 750s in there. And then we had to change our plans a little bit because of uh, being delayed. So we did visit uh, Brussels Beer Project. Um, but before that, we had a bite to eat outside near the Brussels Beer Project while we waited it for open. And also we met up with um, a young beer writer of a couple of years ago, Owen Walsh, who uh, we, you know, we've uh, spoken to before, Steve. And um, he took us to a couple of little places, not that far from the Grand Place, which I hadn't come across before, where we were able to drink some... Um, Saison Dupont, and also uh, as in a 750 bottle, like as under 10 euros, and also some um, some blended lambics just from the jug. And just sort of sitting these, like, you know, you know, that brown, which they do really well of the interior, mm-hmm. and sort of like essentially the brown cafe look. But you're still only like five or 10 minutes away from the main tourist hotspots. And it's a real couple of little finds. And it was just really nice just to be back there. But the day just went so quick because we'd lost that bit at the start. And then you've got to get back. And the one upside is that, I'll say upside, they have a bit more of a selection at, uh, once you've gone through the Eurostar check-in at um, Brussels. And they have uh, 500 milliliter cans of Le Chouf. Nice. For under four euros. Okay, just making a note of that for when I go to Bruges in September. It's worth noting because I went for I went, so we'd got already because we wanted to get a bit of food. So we had, there's always a, there's that Careful Express at Brussels Station, and um, went through and thought they've got beers, they've got decent beers and a couple of decent beer selections, but a five hundred candle of Don't think you go too far wrong without front of four euros for a train beer. Did you just get the one? As it happens, we did. Um, and I can't remember what else. Oh, yeah, I might have drunk a can of Stella. Clayton was obsessed about having a Stella before we left Brussels. It's, apparently it's different there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I did buy it for him. I can't remember. I didn't taste it, but he seemed happy enough with it. So, you know, we all have boxes to tick, don't we? But no, it was, again, it was just, it was just again, I'm just loving being out. And having the option to do stuff. We got one of those deals. It was um, 70 quid return, 35 each way. So, yeah, a bit of a long day. But thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you're going back to Belgium this year, Steve, with Emma. I've got um, a lads breakaway. Um, I say lads. Five of us are over 50. Still, who, who, who cares? <laughs> um, we're, we're, going, we're going to Brussels at the end of June. So I've got a couple of places now that... The ones that Owen showed us, which we'll definitely go back to. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really, I always enjoy going to Brussels, and you know, uh, we will be able to chat about a few more Belgian beer adventures in the future. Uh, how is the travel at, at, at the moment? Because that, that that's the thing that I'm. Uh, you, you, your, day, your day sounds wonderful. Obviously, Cantillon doesn't tick any boxes for me. So <laughs> it's, but I, I understand, but. For the vast majority of people travelling to Belgium and Brussels, it does. 
I, I'm more interested in hearing about how, how was the travel. I mean, I know you said that maybe the the, the, the terminal is feeling more airporty, but was it fairly easy enough in terms of paperwork? Did you, did you have to fill out any additional paperwork or, or is it now, are we back to now just showing your passport, showing your ticket and away you go? Yeah. Um, so when I booked the tickets, we still had to do the passenger locator form. And apparently doing a passenger locator form, which shows that you're going to be at Cantillon all day, was fine. Okay. Because um, I didn't I didn't think doing a passenger locator form, which showed me going around about half a dozen places, was the best idea. Um, but then by the time we actually travelled, that requirement, I think, had been taken away anyway. Um, and oh, and then coming back? Yes. Uh, coming back to the UK had gone in March, I think. Okay. And um, COVID passes aren't necessary either. But when you go through Eurostar, because they've got trains also going to Paris, at the time, Paris still did need um, evidence of COVID vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Um, The Eurostar did say uh, mask wearing on the train. I saw no one, including ourselves, wearing a mask on the train. Fair enough. So Okay, it's just, just, just good to know, obviously for myself, but also for any listeners that might be travelling soon yeah. that aren't really up to speed. It sounds as though we're, we're back to pre-lockdown times. Yeah, yeah, pre-lockdown times. The only thing I would say is coming out of Brussels Station, they funneled us all into one place, which before you had a bit more flexibility about how you left once you got into Brussels Station. But aside from that, um, it felt pretty much pre-pandemic in terms of the Eurostar travel. Okay, fabulous. You had a lovely day out in Brussels. And, and anything else recently, mate? Um, well, because I I maintained a level of dedication to this show, Steve, um, I've gone out of my way to drink as much Eastern Edge in the wilds as I can. So uh, fortunate enough to meet up with some uh, a colleague and an ex-colleague last week, went to the Pelt Trader, which I know definitely a few of our listeners have been to in the past and have probably heard me mention it more than once. Um, primarily because A, I love the pub, but B, I knew they had Eastern Edge on keg. And you had already told me what you thought of the keg version. And I can only concur. It is bloody fantastic it's on cracking, keg. cracking, isn't it? The keg version is where it really shines. Yes. So um, I was having a can pre-recording tonight, and I think the can is excellent. The keg sh- outshines it. It's almost, it is exactly what you want from a collaboration between these two breweries on keg. It, everything sings and shines. Um, but I didn't want to just trust my first judgment. I had a second and third go just to make sure. That's, that's, that's the things I do. Um, and then I discovered that the Globe in Moorgate had the, uh, the, one of the Nicholson's pubs, I think it's a Michelin Butler's which I think Fergus had alluded to, um, they had the cask version. So this is, what, two weeks the time from the time I had it? It was about two weeks after the original release. Mm. And I have to admit, it was really nice. And I, But it was, I think you said it, it definitely was leaning towards Adnams and Ghost Ship. It was really nice. And this is quite hard for me to say, but if I was ranking them, I'd go keg, can, cask. That's very unusual for you. Yes. And it's, I'm re- really shocked to find myself saying it. But if you put the cask in front of me and the keg, I'd go, oh, I'll have the keg, please. Straight away. It was 
absolutely divine. It's it's definitely a beer of the year contender for me. That that marriage between the two, everything that we heard about on the day, you you could really get in the beer. I mean, I think I think other punters were getting really bored of me saying to them, "I was there on the day." Oh, I was there on the day. <laughs> just telling anybody that. Yeah, not, telling not, anyone. Yeah, not even anybody that listened, just anybody that was there. Yeah. I, I yeah. was there when they made this. I was there. I saw them press the button. Yeah. Can't yeah. believe they weren't interested. Spoke to rude. the brewers. Here's, uh, here's a two and a half hour podcast you can <laughs> listen to about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't take my word for it. Take yeah. my word for it and someone else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have to admit that, that's, that's, that will be my main thing. So, Brussels was a really nice trip to get away with Clayton. Lovely beers as ever. Lovely weather while we were there as well. And just a chance to get, to try Eastern Edge on those other two formats. I've, I've done the set now. And yeah, if you, if listeners, you do get to see it on, on either the formats and you do have a, have to make a choice. If you, if you can choose and you have time, go for both. I would recommend if you have to do one over the other, the keg. I think I think for listeners that haven't yet got to try it and maybe don't get to try the the, the keg or the cast, there are still plenty of cans available on the Adams web shop. Definitely, I, I would say at least take a punt on getting a couple of cans and giving it a try, because as as Martin says, it is it is up there in beer of the year contender. It's just it's a really really great beer, and when you think about the two breweries that were involved in it. That, that just elevates it, I, th- I think. I mean, that on its own gives it an extra 0.5 of a score just for the breweries that were involved. I think definitely for you and I, and also meeting the people and talking about it and just putting that whole story together, it does only make it better. And seeing that Eastern Edge design on a pump clip is lovely as well, especially on the, the car's pump clip. Uh, but yeah, that was that was just, you know, it's lovely to have a couple of beer adventures to 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 bounce off with each other. Um, but what else have you been up to, Steve? As Lizus would have heard in the last show, I, I was obviously back in Southwold. I got to, to, to be there for the launch of the Eastern Edge. Got to chat to Steve Grossman for the podcast. Also got to spend quite a lot of time with him, especially during the launch, which was also, it was, it was a tasting of the Eastern Edge, Southwold Bitter, which was the inspiration from Adnam's side, and Sierra Nevada Parallel, which was obviously the inspiration from Sierra Nevada's side. Now, one of the things that, that came out of that discussion, and I never realised this, was, was Steve was saying that there is a draft version of Sierra Nevada Parallel, which is what they sell into the trade. And that version is 5% as where the bottle is five, six, is it five, six, five, eight. So, and yeah. So, and, and I was like, Oh, because I know that previously we'd had a chat about you mentioning when Sierra Nevada was on draft in Fuller's pubs, it was at 5% and you thought it was maybe a different version that had just been brewed for the UK, but yeah. apparently not. The draft version is 5%. And then this past weekend, I had the further revelation, and this was based on a conversation that Mick McGrawity was involved in on Twitter when he was talking about the previous show, that the canned version of Sierra Nevada is has says on the can, draft style. And when you look at it, it's 5%. You, do you know how long it took me to amend my <laughs> untapped check-ins? So, so the can and the bottles are different, folks, because the bottle is still bottle conditioned. The can is the draft version and is the version that you would get in a Sierra Nevada bar or a bar that is serving Sierra Nevada on tap. And that's not UK specific, is it? No, that's worldwide. 
So wherever I am, if I see Sierra Rada on tap, it's the draft style 5%. Yeah. And that was a massive revelation for, for me. And I told you, and then you spent the entire day of your Saturday changing your untapped, untapped check-ins, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I drank Sierra Nevada while I did it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just commiserate. Yes, exactly. Like, maybe. I, it's, that's weird because I, I did go back and I found that I think my first draft style check-in was an all bar one in Bishopsgate near Liverpool Street Station back in 2014. So I was drinking the 5% version there and still happily buying 5.6 bottles. I can't tell much of a difference between the two. No, apparently the only difference is, and this is this, I love this, on, on Untapped, the only difference is that it's described, the, the canned version oh, is, session. is described <laughs> as a more session-style version of our Palau. And I'm like, Palau's session. Any, any, anyway, but there, there you go. There you go, listeners. There's a uh, bit of public service information for, for you in terms of Sierra Nevada Palau and its different variants. Going back to my trip in Southwold, the following day, so we stayed overnight, we did the Adnams Distillery Tour. Now, I've, I've obviously got to look around the brewery a few times. Didn't really fancy doing the brewery tour, but M quite fancied doing the distillery tour. So we went on a tour, really, really informative. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm quite ignorant when it comes to spirits. I don't really understand the process or making them. What and, you mean, and, despite our Christmas cocktail show, Steve? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, despite being a... Uh, an expert at making cocktails. Uh, I don't know how spirits are made. And like I said, it's just really informative and explains the differences between how a spirit starts its life, how it becomes vodka, how vodka then becomes gin, and how they both then become whiskey. And all these definitions are, are, are fascinating to listen to. And that finished with a, a lovely little tasting of their entire range. So we got to taste some of their vodkas, some of their gins. Also got to chain, taste the spirit of Broadside, which is obviously the distilled version of Broadside, which can't actually be called uh, a spirit officially because it's hot. So I think I think the it's called a beer de veau. Or, or, or something along those lines. It's, a, it's an odd terminology, but I now want to taste the gravy that you're going to make, which has both broadside and spirit of broadside added. The current plan is to do... You're this, going to do your cake with the spirit of broadside, aren't you? This year's Christmas cake is going to be with spirit of broadside. <laughs> this year's Christmas dinner is going to have broadside gravy, and it's going to be served with both barrels. Is it going to be any, any actual food? Probably not. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Christmas Day. Christmas Day is for drinking. That's it's, it's some But yeah, um, had a, had a wonderful time in Southwold. Love going back to Southwold, and it was good to look around the distillery as well. And then the only other day out that we had, Em and I just on a, a bit of a whim decided we fancied a day out and we wanted to go somewhere different. So we went into Chelmsford. For, for the afternoon and, and went to a couple of venues, mostly ending up spending, I'd, I'd say the majority of our time, sat in the street in the sun outside Hopsters. And that was just a fantastic afternoon. So Hopsters are uh, a small brand of bottle shops in Essex. There's, I think there's three of them now, isn't there? There's one, one in Ipswich as well. Yeah, we've got Ipswich in Suffolk. We've got Chelmsford and we've got one down near me, Leon C, haven't we? Yeah. And they had, on tap, they had a Burnt Mills Pintle, which was nice. tasting better than I had ever tasted it before. 
And then we actually spent a lot of time drinking a lot of burnt meal beers. And I think I even messaged you at the time and said, I don't drink enough burnt meal. And I can't understand why, having experienced, we had um, so we, we had the Pintle, we had a West Coast IPA, we had a big coffee stout, we had a barley wine. That they oh, literally the, bar- ha- the barley wine is good, isn't it? Yeah, they literally had some something that, that, that ticked every style box available. The, the only thing I would say, because they do a bit of a fog series, don't they? They do, yeah. yeah. And I'm not so fussed about that, and that's probably no surprise, but... I'm in complete agreement with you about the other ones. And I think it's just that we don't actually, again, don't really see burnt meal on tap. So I presume you only, apart from the Pintle, the rest of them were cans? Yes, they were. Yeah. Because Hopster's only got, uh, they've, they've got one in the machine. Yes. Only serves Pintle. I, I don't know if it always only serves Pintle, but on that day, that's all that was on offer. Um, but I, I completely agree. And I actually think that barley wine is a stunner. Yeah. Do you, remember the, do you remember the name of it? Uh not right now, but I'll I'll search yeah. it while we're while, while we're talking through. So the next I definitely segment. think that's one to share with our listeners because I think that is a superb barley wine. I think the hopster shots are really nice. We're quite lucky to have them actually, because um, obviously Ollie, who used to run the Chelmsford one, is now at Leon C, and he used to join us at the bottle share as well in in the Ale House. So. It's a lovely little. Did you did you go anywhere else after the hopsters? Uh, well, we were due to we were due to get the bus back home because where where we were in Chelmsford was was quite close to the bus stop. But the bus didn't turn up, and the next bus was over an hour wait. So we walked back up to the owl house, and we we had a quick one in there before we we jumped on the train home. Oh, cool! I mean, you know, ale house, home of the bottle share. Completely understand why you popped in there. That, so, and they still had some of the elusive takeover beers on because we, we had an elusive takeover there a few weeks back as well. So I thought you were going to say because we didn't drain it the first time. No, the this year's version of Lord Nelson was, was still on. And for, for those that haven't yet had this year's version of Elusive's Lord Nelson, wow, that is a zingy beer, but it's cracking. It's 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 really good. It's more reminiscent of the early versions of, of Lord Nelson that Andy did. Bit of a bit of a tangent, but elusive. How many ta- takeovers do they get involved in? Honestly, they are. I, I worry for them because it, it feels like they're literally doing certainly one a week uh, at least. Sometimes they seem to be doing two or three on a weekend. Yeah, I think if they can find a couple of places close by, because they obviously did the one at the Ale House on a Thursday. They did one not far from where I live on the Friday, but I, I was already away. Um, but they are. I mean. Everyone seems to know who they are, regardless of where they turn up. Yeah. That, says that, something, doesn't it? Yeah. It says that, something. That reputation. And, and obviously, happy birthday to Elusive as well. So sixth birthday coming up. Um, and I'm sure that there'll be plenty of people going down to their tap room for that the weekend of this show release. So, yeah, quite handy to find um, some of their beers still there when you got there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then we just headed home. Land of Secrets is the burnt meal barley wine. Yeah. Try it. It's and and I would recommend it's one of those ones we talked about it a few shows ago. Drink fresh, ten point five percent as as well, but absolutely drink, cracking, drinkable yeah. in it. Very much. So. It's got a really or, so. or, or, orangey quality to it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. And then we did a joint event. We did so, and, and ironically for me, the last event I did before lockdown was Brew London. 
just after we got back from our trip to the Czech Republic. And the first event that I've been, done post-pandemic is Brew London. Different venue, very different feel to it than, than, than before. So we were lucky enough to get trade tickets for the, for the trade session in, in the afternoon. Um, very big open space. Thankfully, the music wasn't dominating, or, although I am going to start with a negative in terms of the fucking purple lighting. That hurt my eyes. Oh, that was... It, I'd rather there was no lighting. And whatever natural light could have come in. in. Dark. <laughs> I would have preferred walking around in the dark or being given those infrared night vision goggles that people had in the, in the TV shows. It was horrible lighting. Um, there was nothing good about that. Whether it may work on TikTok or Instagram, I've got no idea. Um, and I don't know how many people on the trade session are avid users of either, of, definitely of TikTok anyway. But it just made it, I, I took no good photographs. I, I didn't you just wasn't able to and, and, and as you say for a festival that's probably hoping a, it's very instagrammable or tiktokable the the lighting didn't lend itself to that can we get the second negative out of the way then while we're, and then we can build oh, um, what the stupid fucking glasses for fuck's sake i mean come on now i i get it that it's a trade session so we are getting the beers for free um just do a bigger glass with a marker on it. Yeah, but even even so, so the, the, these stupid ashtray glasses that we got were a, a third at most. I, I'd say there were very few bars that we visited that that even gave us a full third, because obviously it's a, it's at the brewer's discretion, or it's at, yeah. the, it's at the brewery's discretion how much they want to give you to taste. So you could have given us a bigger glass because the breweries probably still would have only poured small measures anyway, because ultimately, yes, it's the trade session. So they want to sell some of their beer into the trade, but ultimately they're, they're there for the public sessions for the public to come and buy their beer in its full quantities. So they don't want to be giving all of their beer away during the trade session. And that's fine yes, because it is a trade session. It's fine. But don't give us those stupid fucking glasses that you can't hold. Can't if, drink if out they, of. If they are full, they spill everywhere. They're as flimsy as fuck. They're, they're just fucking pointless. They're the worst glassware ever. And that's from someone who hates the uh, conical glasses. So, or comical as I like to call them. <laughs> the, yeah, they're, they're truly dreadful. You, there's no, you can't put your hand anywhere around them properly. No, no. And they are literally like, they are the bottom third of a pint glass, aren't it's they? Like so someone has got the same diameter. Someone's cut yeah. the bulk of the glass off. It just looks dreadful. And, and they're unbalanced. I, it doesn't do anything for the beer, I'm sure. Um, but let's ne take negatives aside. Yes. Negatives aside, a, we're always grateful when we do get invited to these kind of sessions. It was nice that there were some friends of ours there as well. So, you know, um, creative director Clayton was there with us. Uh, we bumped into Half Pint Gent, Matt Chinnery. Um, that guy off Twitter, Justin Mason, was there. So, yeah, we, we, we did actually. You know, it was lovely walking around, chatting to people. We did go to many bars. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we did, yeah. And I think we both said coming out there the day after, we were tired. We, oh. <laughs> we, we worked hard. Oh, well, that, I was actually knackered. That, that afternoon. 
uh, I, I think, yeah, we went to quite a few bars. We went, we went and saw some old friends as, as well that we haven't seen in a while. So big shout out to Katie from Nomadic Beers, to Combi from Round Corner as, as well, who it was lovely to see. James from Thornbridge, it, it was lovely to see him yeah. as, as as well. They, they were probably kind of the the, the, the old friends that, that, that we hit up, but we made some new friends as well while we were there, didn't we? So I think one of the highlights for us was Lord's Brewing. Their lager. Oh, mate, that lager. And he was so excited for us to try it that they had a special stash of pint glasses <laughs> under the bar and we got a proper pour of it as well, oh, didn't we? Yeah, and how nice was that to yeah. hold a glass and just have a nice... And it is easily not blowing smoke up anyone's arse here. It was easy, one of the best lagers I've had in a long time. And we've had some really good lagers in the last couple of years, been really lucky. It was really well balanced. It was only about 4% still. And a really cutting dry finish, wasn't it? Mm. And it was just really well balanced, really nice. I mean, there was a lot of confidence and, you know, like I said, did give us a decent pour in a, in their own glass, Lord's Brewing. And yeah, thumbs up to that one. That's, yeah. that's definitely in the category. Now, they did also have, and again, we're divided about this one, aren't we? <laughs> they had on cask a black IPA, which I thought was stunning. But you didn't think it was a black IPA? No, it was way too roasty and licorice for me. Not enough of the fruity hop notes to come came through. For me, it was a black IPA, but it shouldn't have been on cask. And I can't, that's just, what am I, who am I? So, mate, we've switched roles. <laughs> there's, there's like a Freaky Friday thing going on here, <laughs> for, for, for sure. But yeah, Lord, Lordsbury were a highlight. I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what else really stood out to us. We mentioned we went and saw Combi at Round Corner. Massive shout out to his Stilton and Pork Pie <laughs> offerings, which kept us fed for a while as well. Yes. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, Combi, you probably should have done smaller cuts of both. However, we're not complaining. No, no, not at all. I think, where else did we go? We enjoyed some beers. We went to try some beers from Attic, didn't we? Ahead of the summer set. Yes. Um, and... Also, we did pay, you know, we revisited Budvar as well. Yep. And tried their uh, Netflix, their 4%. Again, it's not like they don't know lager. So that was that was lovely. And the barman showed me up again by pouring from the wrong side of the bar a perfect pour, perfect chip pours. I, okay, stop showing off from the wrong side of the bar. Yeah. Um, and who, who else did we? I think that we did, I think we actually visited. About 15 different people. Easily, yeah. All told. And it's, I mean, it is a big venue. Um, it's at the print works over at Rotherhive now, which actually works out really well because I think it's easier to ventilate as well rather than uh, at Truman's. Truman's, even though it was held in February, was always hot. Yeah. I, I think Truman's always really felt really claustrophobic as well because it had quite a low ceiling. So I think, I, what I also impressed with this year was the signposting from the tube station. From Very Canada easy Water. to find. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't was... have to walk around looking at your phone and Google Maps. They had people positioned at key points just to direct you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to them for doing that as well. On the whole, a, a wonderful day. I think apart from just those couple of tiny negatives, and they are only real minor things as, as, as well. And, and I think... also ne- one of those negatives at least wouldn't have a cut would not happen on the on people paying to go no at least you get a proper glass yes Yes. so to be fair on that 
yeah. But it was also nice to bump into a few people. And I, I, do, I do just want to give a few shout outs here as well. So uh, always lovely to see Andrew from, from, from River and Bruce. He was, uh, I think he was at the same same sort of stage of merriment as we was at, at the time we, we we caught up with him. I think much, um, if you listen to their last show, I think Luke was quite worried about how drunk he might be being allowed out in public again. But Luke, he was fine. It was lovely to catch up with Rasco, who's a, a, a listener as well, who came to find us and whose opening gambit was, why don't you like coconut in beer? Simple answer, still still the same as it was when I met you, mate. Still the same as it is before, because I don't. And it was also nice to catch up for with Paul from Paul's Beer Reviews, who is a YouTube re- re- reviewer that also listens to the show. And it was Paul that introduced us to Lords. Lords yeah. So thank you very much for that, Paul, because uh, they were, I think they were probably the find of the day for us, weren't they? Yeah, de- oh, definitely, because I've never heard of them. I can't recall ever hearing them. It was also nice to bump into Mr. Curtis, although, you know, he was keeping a low profile of a couple of high profile days on Twitter on the run up to Brew London. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. It was a nice day. Uh, although we were inside in purple neon lighting, it was a nice day getting there and, and leaving afterwards. What did we finish about five o'clock? Yeah, I think you, you went on, didn't you? And I, I, I went home because I yeah. was just, I was just done. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a great day, and it was it was good to be at the trade session again. Although it did bring up a couple of questions, which I think we're actually going to cover off in opinions more than we are now, aren't we? Definitely. But before we get to that, let's get the final thoughts on the Joker IPA, which for me really hasn't hung around. I I, I do really enjoy Joker, and it's a beer that. I'm always excited to see. I mean, this is one that is a regular on the shelves in Audi. And it's, I think it's something like the 179 price point, which for a 500 mil can isn't bad. Really? All. Yeah. But almost, it might be a little bit more, but it's it's not massively expensive. No, well, this for, is got a, I don't, and I don't mean to sound snobby or anything. It's almost like they've devalued what is a really good beer. Um, I, you know what? I have to agree. I, I think this is really well balanced. I think it's great for 5%. Even the fact that it's in a 500 milliliter can. I mean, it's, I'd probably, if I'd been into Aldi and they had a free 30 can at 179, I probably would have thought that was pretty good value, to be honest. And a four pack for, say, six quid. Um, it's, it is really good. And when did you say this came out? This was Originally? released in 2006. So we're talking Joker IPA pre-punk and pre-Jaipur. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure on Jaipur. Well, it must be. All right. Uh, maybe around the same time because punk is coming up for 15. And yeah. Jaipur. Yeah, yeah, but was, we all know that punk's just a poor clone of Jaipur anyway. So let's, Jaipur was a bit before. So maybe Jaipur. Yeah. Oh, no. Jaipur must, was uh, 2005. Jaipur, yeah, it was 15 in 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is hot on the tails of that this is this is a keg beer this is a keg is it, yeah, beer. absolutely yeah and because it has got that really lovely balance between being slightly fruity cutting clean dry finish but also having that refreshing quality of a lager yeah i, I love it like like i say if if, if i'm ever in in aldi and i want to want to pick up a few beers that are really easy to drink see joe cry on the shelves and and, and i will pick this up because I, I just and, and I do 
like, like I said earlier, I, I, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, Williams Brothers have never really ignited a lot of passion in a lot of people. I wonder why. I mean, maybe part of that is going into Audi. I don't know. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. You should always make your own business decisions based on what you need to do. But I wonder whether that's impacted people's thought processes. Who, who knows? I, I just know that um, the Joker is a delicious beer. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to getting into the double joker. Have you had the double joker before? Yes, a few times. Not sure I have. Double joker was, I think it was last year, I was in Lidl and they had it on the clearance shelf. It was about a pound 20 a bottle. And you, and took, I, it li- you took it literally? I literally took the, the whole shelf of, of, of double. There were only about seven left. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, folks of Whitton, I'm having those. Because that's 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 too good an opportunity to go amiss. Well, the folks of Witten, if they'd wanted it, they should have bought it beforehand. Exactly, and it should never have been on the clearance shelf. But we are going to crack that open and enjoy that now. This is the Double Joker IP, double IPA, and this is weighing in at 8.3%. And once again, thanks to Williams Brothers for sending us all three of these beers tonight. We got two of each beer, plus the wonderful Joker IPA glass that we keep going on about as well. And it is a wonderful glass. It's so good. I tell you what, this beer this beer looks lovely. It's, a, I, it's definitely got a darker hue to it, hasn't it? It has, but I just love the fact that I can get a 440ml can into a glass in a single pour. Which look which looks like it shouldn't be able to hold a four forty can. Yeah, but um, as as Martin said earlier, you'll see pictures of of the glass all over social media in the run up to this show. <laughs> um, let's just dive straight into this, mate, because I'm really looking forward to drinking this one. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, now that ticks a few boxes. Sticky, resinous. Oh, sticky, sticky straight away. Yeah, it just hangs around once you. Started to drink it. Oh, I didn't realise it was 8.6, though. It's a big beer, isn't it? It's a big beer. Um, initial reaction, it's a very accomplished big beer, because I don't think I've had this. Uh, well, you've been missing out then, mate. Well, so it appears. I, I, I seem to be experienced this a lot in the last few shows, to be honest. Um, I'm going to have to have a look. You carry on. Okay, well, while you're looking, I, I just want to tell you, because this, this beer actually came about quite a funny story uh in 2012 williams brothers announced on social media that they were doing a double joker brew day which people got very excited about but what they were actually doing was brewing joker twice oh so they were actually literally it was a a double double brew brew of joker and people got very excited about the fact that there was a double joker coming in fact and they got so excited that they ended up having no choice but to brew it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and but to produce it and i for one i'm really glad that they did because this is a cracking beer but again i'm not being funny it's a it's a beer which is just not talked about i, I don't see anyone talking about this this is a, a proper sticky resinous west coast double ipa you, you know what this is this is more reminiscent of you know, we've already mentioned tonight some of the, the barley wines that we've seen this year, the American yes. barley wines that have got that big, resinous, really, really bitterness to them. This is very much like that. Yeah, you're, you're only a step away, aren't you? Yeah. 
you're, you're, you're two, what two percent away from this being a barley wine. Yep, um, that's really, really good. Um, we need to crack on. Yeah, we need to slow down drinking it as well. So yes. let's 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 talk for a bit and let's get into this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was when at a beer festival, what do you prefer a brewery to offer? Core beers or specials or one-offs? So we had 470 votes on this. 15.3% of people went for core beers, 84.7 went for specials and one-offs which I'm not surprised about those ratios at all because I thought that's the way it would go. But let's dive into some of the comments and let's, then let's talk about how we came to this poll. From Frode Nygaard. Um, depends. Normally specials, but if it's a brewery which normally doesn't distribute their beers in my local area, then it's nice to finally get to taste their classics. Miles Lambert, the allure of new experience is a big pull. Trying new beers that you have heard about but not yet tried is a big draw. But if you don't get to decent bars very often, having core beers served as the brewery wants them to be can be a very rewarding experience. Homebrew Rich at Rich Swin. A mix for me. It's good to try new beers, but the brewery is new to you. You can drink their core beers and it'll still be new. Win-win. I think the trend will be for consistency going forward and more local. So the brewery had better have a consistently good output. From Bay Beer Reviews, it's pointless having core beers at a festival that you have paid good money to get into. If you want core beers, just go to the pub or, ta- or the taproom for free. From Simon Clark, I voted specials and one-offs because most breweries have good web shops now and you can get their core range that way. And from Michael Broad, I generally feel breweries should bring new beers to a festival. Otherwise, you could get the same beers by doing a pub crawl. If you're a fairly new brewery or a small brewery traveling outside your usual distribution area, then your core range would be new to most people. From Andrew Sheldon, very good question. I responded one-offs automatically, but then reconsidered. There are always beers that you don't often encounter but want to try and would therefore prioritize at a festival if they were on. And from Owen Walsh, aha, uh-huh, that very much depends. If it's a local brewery or one which I'm intimately familiar, then new beers. If it's a rare appearance of a highly rated brewery from far away, then all I want to do is try the beers that made them famous. From Andy Parker, a mix for me. If it's a brewery I'm not familiar with, I'm more likely to try their core beers, but otherwise specials are more likely to get my attention. Also nice to revisit old favourites when you see them. And finally, from Beyond the Pow at Ian Sutton 12. Sorry, folks, I'm split here. Some core beers are so good and hard to find locally that coming across them, I like need to try them. Then it's usually new or unusual styles I look for, especially from a new brewery that's highly recommended by others. Firstly, some great views there. And, and yes. as always, that's only a snapshot of, of, of the views. We had a lot of comments on this one. A lot very similar to what we read out there, but the, the ones that we've read out are the, probably the most pertinent comments. How did we come about this poll this, this, this week? Well, it does tie into our visit to Brew London, Steve. Um, and this is probably a little bit reflective of us, but there was two breweries who we haven't mentioned at this point, but we did see at Brew London. We didn't um, have any beers from them. We didn't speak to them. But Magic Rock and Roosters were there. So I'm walking past Magic Rock thinking, oh, 
wouldn't mind a bit of taste of cannibal. Haven't had it for a while. Definitely haven't had it on tap for a while. Oh, no cannibal. Okay. Ran to roosters. Oh, no Yankee or babyface assassin. And um, it did get us, it did prompt us to have a bit of a discussion, me, you and Clayton, about those beers. So we didn't we didn't try anything from either of those breweries in the end, for starters. And it did get us sort of thinking and talking. And this is where the poll question came from. You know, what is it you want to see? So, Steve, having, what, two weeks ago now, where do you sit on this question? I'm going to defer back to <laughs> the show that we did about the seven stages of Beer Geek in, in, in terms of where I'm at on my journey at, at this stage. So I'm probably not always looking for the new and I'm probably looking for, sometimes I'm looking for the old reliables. Now, I, th- I think somebody said it in there in terms of breweries working outside of their normal local area. And also, I think particularly Bay Beer Review said you can go to a pub or a tap room for free. Yes, you can. If you live near that tap room. Now, I would have loved, much like yourself, to have tried a draft pour of Cannonball because I haven't had draft Cannonball in years. And I also would have equally loved to have tried a draft pour of Baby-Faced Assassin because it's, it's, it's one of the best, in my opinion, it's one of the best beers in the UK that transcends all formats in terms of how good it is. Yeah, agree. And, and, and I was surprised to see neither of those breweries having those beers on. The flip side of that was the vocation were there and they had Life and Death, Heart and Soul. They had all their core beers available. And Thornbridge was there, and Jaipur was available. But I, I think I had the discussion with you and Clayton, particularly about Magic Rock, in terms of I think they're almost embarrassed by Cannonball these days because it's not necessarily what people want. It's very much seen as a supermarket beer now. If they put it on as a festival are they actually going to sell through a keg of it? And I think it's it's, it's difficult because there, there was a point at, at, at Brew London where I was like, I just want something that I know. And I think that was the point pretty much at which we found ourselves at Thornbridge. We had a Jaipur right next to Thornbridge with Budvar. We had a Budvar. I was like, yes, okay, I'm back in now. I've, I've, had, I've had a little bit of a reset. I'm happy to go and try some new stuff. I was just really surprised to see those breweries not have the beers that essentially they're most famous for on at their bars. And I suppose the flip side of that being a brewery that's not quite as big as those two, but that we certainly have a lot of love for, that we've already mentioned, Round Corner, had their hopping spree on, which is kind of their core West Coast IPA, and they had that available. So I I think for me, if I go to a beer festival now, I'm very much looking for the obvious third answer that we didn't put here, which is which is a mixture of the two. Uh, I want I, I want to find some old reliables that I know I can go to when I need a reset, or it's what I'm going to start on, or it's what I'm going to finish on. But in between, I want to try new things. But if I come across a brewery that I know, I expect to see the beers that I know them for. Yeah, I, 
I've given it a bit of thought since then because I on the day I was exactly the same. I was actually really disappointed that I couldn't get Yankee, Babyface Assassin, or Cannibal. Um, although it was odd that Magic Rock still had sorcery on, which again is one of their supermarket core beers, isn't it? Um, but then I thought about it in a slightly different way. If I was there on the Friday evening or the Saturday afternoon or the Saturday evening as a punter, and maybe I'm in my mid-20s, late-20s, maybe even early 30s, I don't know what Cannibal is, perhaps. Cannibal may not even ring a bell for me. And perhaps even the same with Yankee and Babyface Assassin. However, all these other beers that they're showcasing, yep. And also, I'm not drinking maybe 15 small pours. I may be having... I don't know, eight halves, 10 thirds, or maybe even just four pints and then going and sitting down and just enjoying a pint of it. Um, but also then I thought about my recent visit to the cinema when I saw Doctor Strange. And I also thought there has to be evolution as well. So Okay, I'm intrigued to see how you're now tying this into Doctor Strange. You've got, <laughs> you've got me, you've got my attention. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you sell this to me right now. Well, without, I definitely don't want to do any spoilers. Okay, so there's, uh, uh, this is a spoiler-free comparison, but there are certain elements of the Marvel films which are always there. This Doctor Strange film doesn't happen 10 years ago. That probably doesn't even happen five years ago. However, if you've been on the journey with them, you're ready for this, and you don't necessarily want what came before. You want something new, and you're ready for something new, and you want and you embrace it. Whereas when we went to that, we, we actually had the sad emoji face, especially at Magic Rock. I think Clayton may have had it more when he saw there was no Yankee at Roosters. But it was definitely, a, oh, it's gone. Where, where, why aren't you selling that? Um, and let's face it, we wouldn't have got it. And you can only drink Cannonball in pints. So maybe that's why they didn't have it, because we only had a Petri dish. Um, so I think that there's an evolution here. And, if we go back to that seven stages conversation, are they trying to appeal to us, that kind of festival? Are they trying to appeal to us who are in maybe stages five or six or seven? Um, or are they trying to... Because we saw pictures from friends who went there who were having pints and two-thirds of stuff, and they were loving it. And none of those beers were beers that we had tried on the trade session because they weren't beers we were looking to try. So I think there is a bit of a mix. I think if I think back to my first visits to beer festivals, I definitely wanted to go for new stuff. I was definitely looking for things that I wouldn't normally see. So, and also there's two types, there's very much two types of beer festivals, the Brew London kind of beer festival and the more traditional camera beer festival. If you go to a camera beer festival, you're almost guaranteed to have your cause from that brewery as well as, yeah, as well as your new ones, as well as your new offerings. But you'll definitely have your core ones. And I, I, I saw recently that um, I think Des, Des the Moore, uh, well-known beer writer, has been procuring some beers for a mild festival at Sam Brooks Seriously. in London. And he was getting very excited, as were others, for Sarah Hughes Ruby. Now, that's 
by any stretch of the imagination as a core beer, yet people were still getting excited by it. Because in London, that's not a beer we see very often, let alone on cask. So I think it's 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 time and place again, which we've spoken about. But I think there are nuances to this. So I was definitely in the core beers category if we'd run this poll 24 hours after we'd been to Brew London. I'd probably go specials or one-offs now because that's generally why I always went to beer festivals of that ilk. If I go to camera ones, I probably want pints of stuff I know just in a different venue. I, I, I think there's there's a few a few things that I want to pick up on there. there. Firstly, fucking well done for getting the Marvel comparison in there, mate. That was so well done. I, I didn't I didn't see that coming, but 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 yeah, well done on that one. Um, secondly, shut up about mild for fuck's sake. I don't care that there is a mild festival. I'm not going to go to a festival that only serves mild beer. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. And I'm just, I don't understand anybody that would want to go and only drink mild for an entire festival. No, no, just no, it's, it's, it's not for me. And I'm, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm, we need to move on from the mild because I'm just done with it. I really am. The third point, when I, when I start to calm down a little bit here, is, is that I probably, if I go back a, a few years when I used to go to Indie Man, when I was really first getting into beer, yes, I would want to be searching out the new exciting beers and stuff that I hadn't had before. A lot of that was tied into my journey on Untapped, and you're looking to tick new beers. But equally, I would also search out those breweries who I loved, who at that time and maybe not so much now, Magic Rock were always one of those. And I would always go more or less straight to Magic Rock to get Cannibal because that, would, that, that I know what I'm going to get. And we never, and even so now, we don't get to see that on draft a lot down, down here. So it was no. always nice to see it on, on, on draft at, at a festival. So I, I can understand that. And I think the final point I want to make is, is that I think part of our reasoning behind this question was that um, obviously we went to a trade session and, and we were wondering whether the breweries had put on beers that they were trying to sell in, into the trade because that's ultimately that's that's what a trade session's for. Yeah, it's, it's not for podcasters and writers and bloggers to go along and have an afternoon on the free beer. That's, that's not what it's for. It's for breweries to sell their beer to people who are there representing pubs and bars and chains and all the rest of it and to try and encourage them to buy their beer now unfortunately there were three breweries there who we won't name who for for whatever reasons you can probably guess the three breweries and unfortunately they were the three busiest breweries all afternoon in 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 my view one of them in particular quite high profile been in the news a lot recently the brewery who shall not be named seemed to be packed all afternoon which would suggest that their recent media exposure and all of the bad stuff about them has had no real impact out of, outside of the beer community uh, well based on what we saw on the friday afternoon and given for that is people within the beer community whether you be trade or communicators influencers whatever you want to call um they were the busy consistently the busiest area yeah so I think there's a whole host of things there to, to, to consider in, in, in terms of this. And I, I think my, my view is, as, as I said, it's, it's probably a combination of the both. But I think that 
we we were trying to we were trying to find out if actually that they changed their beers for the public sessions which we we did some investigative journalism for some friends uh they hadn't that no. was consistent on the Saturday as well, wasn't it? Yes. So both of the breweries we have mentioned, and this isn't a, don't get, it's wrong. This isn't a slight on those two breweries. They they were just the key examples for us. They hadn't changed their lineup. So it's not like those beers we just referenced appeared on the Saturday, just to spite us. That wasn't part of their offering. No, it, it, it just wasn't. And that, that that's a shame, but ultimately we could get Jaipur. Uh, yes, and uh, the, basically they did have all of their core selection, and they also had um, oh, what else? Did, what was um, what beer should we not have been drinking at half three in the afternoon? Necessary evil. Yes, <laughs> ne- never a good idea that. But we, <laughs> we 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 tempered ourselves. We just had the one. Just um, had the one petri dish of yeah. uh, necessary evil, and then followed up with the budvar. So it was quite a good way of doing it. Um, yeah, it would definitely spark a conversation for us. And I have to admit, I have got a few festivals planned this year. So I'm going to be curious almost to see what I do when I go to them. Should look forward to hearing about those. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like an interesting experiment. Because you're going you're going to Peak Ender, aren't you? Yeah. I, well, weather permitting, you know, Peak Ender has a mixed record on this front. Um, I am going to be there on the Friday daytime session. Yeah, so there's, there's there'll be quite a selection of breweries there, and it will be will interesting be to see what they bring because I think potentially the peak ender crowd demographic is possibly very different to the Brew London crowd. Oh yeah, and demographic. And can you imagine what I'd be like if I turn up at there and there's no Jaipur? <laughs> Great discussion that, that though this week, and um, despite my slight mild rage in in, in the middle there, I, I've really enjoyed chatting this one through because it's a uh, it's an interesting one, and I think it's one that, as, as you say, we will continue to e- evolve in our thoughts based on what we're seeing at the events that that, that we're going to. If you want to continue to get involved in that discussion, there'll be a link in the show notes to the question. You can click through. You can have a look at all the answers. Use the hashtag opinions to share your views and we will find you. Final thoughts on the double Joker, double IPA. It's definitely the best of the uh, Joker run, for want of a better phrase. Um, All those things said at the start, that sticky, resinous, bitterness, piney, it has everything you want from it. And I have no idea why I haven't had it before. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning why you haven't had it before, mate. I, I guess you've just not come across it. And that's so it's that possibly is, as simple as that. Yeah, that is the only reason. I'm very glad that they sent us two of everything. Um, so I, I will share the knee part with someone. Um, and the other two I shall keep to myself. And I can say that because Michelle doesn't listen. Yay! <laughs> the, the, the double joker is, uh, is, is it's a dangerous beer, in, in my opinion, because it's, it's very, very drinkable. But it, it does also give you a bit of a boozy kick at the same time. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it is drinkable, <laughs> but it's drinkable and still letting you know you're boozing it up. Yeah. So it's not pretending, it's not hiding it, it's just doing it very well. Yeah. I love it. I've, I've, I've enjoyed this tonight. Um, 
probably the juicy joker less so. But as, as I said a couple of times earlier on, I can understand why they've added it to the range. Oh, definitely. Why not? It's what the, if, that, if that's what the market wants and that's what you need to do, then do it. Yeah. Not for me. It will be for a lot of people, though. Absolutely. Yeah. But we're, we're really grateful to Williams Brothers for sending us those beers through to try on this week's show. Really enjoyed all of those. Thank you very much. What's coming up on the next show, mate? Well, apparently we're going to be doing a bit more work again, Steve. I'm not really sure how this has happened. Um, we're going to go to Leon Sea Brewery, which is local to both of us. Um, hopefully we're going to have a bit of a chat with um, Half Pint Gent, Matt Chinnery, and... We're going to be brewing our 10th anniversary beer. I'm really excited about that. Although we're not really sure what the beer is at the moment, so we can't reveal those details. Yeah, the details are very uh, limited. There is a beer. It is from Leon C. And uh, it will be happening on that day. Other than that, we know, fuck all. Matt, get on with it. Yeah, we may be more involved in that brew day than we were in the Adnams one. And maybe also more so than in the Brew York one as well, because I think the Leon C kit is very much smaller, so and it's very much more hands-on. It's definitely much more hands-on and definitely much more smaller than either of those two. And we might, yes, you're right. Why have we signed up to this? Because everyone's going to want a 10th anniversary beer from us, mate. Okay, let's, let, 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 let's be honest. We'll also be looking back at the summer sesh as, as well, because we would have been there, done that, and probably still suffering from the hangover. Yeah, hopefully we will have recovered in enough time to A, record a podcast, have a guest, and brew beer. It's a lot to ask. Yeah, it is a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask. Something's got to give, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And it may well give on that show. But until then, thank you to all our listeners for joining us once again, and we'll look forward to sharing more opinions with you in the future. Cheers. Cheers. Through the sand, so t-